Sorry, good. Uh, good evening. We got a really exciting topic tonight, and I think it's a really uh, fantastic topic, uh, given uh, the last time we gave this class is about a week ago, and it's been a very exciting week in many ways. Uh, uh, very. Uh, I think it's not gone the way we all thought it would have gone. Um, so I think this is a really good um, topic because it's going to be very focused and kind of maybe give us a place to to direct our thoughts and emotions. So you ever go on a train? I know I did this when I worked in Boston, a complicated uh, subway system. And you go on a train somewhere and you find out you're headed the wrong direction or you go on the highway, you're headed in the wrong direction. And, you know, when it's, when, when it's a, uh, something that doesn't matter that much, you have some time, it doesn't matter. But when it's something that you're very time, you're pressed for time, uh, it's, it's kind of like you get very stressed about it. So life has the same thing. Life is much more complicated than any subway system or any highway system. And there is such, th such thing as uh, maybe taking a train in the wrong direction or not the best direction. And uh, God willing, we shall have long lives. But uh, even if a person lives the, the longest life, uh, we have limited time. So we want to, uh, today we're gonna talk about a, a little bit about um, making sure we're on the train and direction that we want to be on. So the uh, official name of tonight's way of wisdom is Binat Halev, which means understanding of the heart. And there's basically two parts to that. We're really going to explore the first one um, mainly. So first of all, let's just describe the term. Understanding of the heart. Now, we use the word heart very expansively in, the, uh, in our everyday vernacular. We say, I have a heavy heart. My heart was lifted, person's heart is broken. We use the word heart a lot, and that's because we understand that um, the heart is the, um, it's the seat of our feelings. And uh, so we want to get in touch with that heart. We want to have an understanding of our heart, an understanding of our thoughts, of our feelings, where we're at with things, uh, which could be pretty surprising to know actually know what those are and are we happy with them so many of us and most human beings we make a lot of assumptions about what we really what we really feel without taking the time to really really see is that what i really feel or have have i have i given it the time it's and this uh Lesson from the Torah says, don't be afraid of discovering where you're at. Don't, you know, it, it may be something you're not so happy with. It may be something you're very happy with. But it's, it's a subconscious thing that we are um, a little bit hesitant or scared to uh, take a look at, where, you know, who, who we really are and what we really feel. Well, we heard, we've heard many see there's a sign called a midlife crisis. So the joke, not a joke, but they say is, you know, everyone's going to have a midlife crisis, have it now. And, you know, that's usually because a person may have sometimes, sometimes it's just a ill-advised reaction, but often it's because a person may have just learned something about themselves. 
So, um, you know, someone's a doctor and they become an artist or vice versa. So knowing ourselves is, is the essence of being alive. If you don't know yourself, then in a certain sense, that part of you is, is not living. And if you don't know what makes you tick, then you're essentially, to some degree, we're, we're, we're a glorified robot or a puppet. So let's not wait for any crises. Let's, uh, let's not take any wrong trains. Let's uh, learn a little bit about how do we understand our heart. So the two points that we're going to elaborate really on the first one is one, just how do we exercise this concept of knowing yourself? Sounds pretty simple. Number two is once we know ourselves, how do we make that an active part of ourselves? Like many people will say that they believe in God, they know a God. How many people would say that they live with God? So taking something from a, a understanding to a practical and uh, is, is really a whole different exercise. In fact, there's a, there's a really cool book which Rabbi Weinberg uh, would um, encourage people to read, which was it was written, a book called Passengers. And it's written by uh, Gail Shine, uh, Gail Sheen. And it basically describes the new crises of the 20th century, which were new crises that people didn't necessarily have so many. In a certain sense, life was, was much simpler. And it was, the first one was the concept of high school. Like, who went to high school? High school is a relatively new concept. And then people had the stress of going to college. I went to college. College is a relatively new idea. And then you go, you, you go from college to getting a job. It's a whole process that used to pretty much be, you know, you found something to do. Certainly for women, uh, for most of history, that was not something. Uh, it was pretty straightforward what the men and women were doing. Uh, today, uh, there's, there's real, quote unquote, in uh, each thing in its own right is a crisis in its time. And then once the person has the job, do they like their job? And then as Lynch, and this, this book describes as you go through life, um, and that, you know, a person, the older you get, you're looking back. And um, so what we, what, we, what we like to do is we like to recognize that we are a very fascinating person. Like as long as you have these things, these, these uh, interviews, who says, who would you like to meet if you could? Well, the person who you really would, should and really would be fascinating to fully meet is yourself. Uh, once in a while you learn something about yourself, like, wow, I didn't know I had that interest or, or, or talent. And, and really, um, so the question really is, and uh, tongue-in-cheek, is uh, can we get an intro to ourselves? And, and that's really what we're going to talk about tonight. Okay, so we're going to have a bunch of, a bunch of points. That's kind of how we, we, we've been doing this, and then have a quick review. So point number one on the way of wisdom, of understanding of the heart, is just is, is get in touch with yourself. Sit down, take some time. I mean, I'm saying this a little bit jokingly, but not really, because it's kind of made what it needs to happen. You sit down. And you say hello to yourself. Get familiar with yourself the same way you would with a stranger. You know, when you meet someone, a friend, a family member, you start asking. A lot of times you can learn, you can find out more about someone else than you would about yourself. So that's the first, it sounds kind of elementary, but it's actually a very profound step. 
get in touch a little with yourself, take some time, and and uh, just familiarize, familiarize yourself with yourself. Now, how do you go about this? Number two is to ask questions out loud to yourself. We talked about that the other week, out loud. But ask questions to yourself and actually wait for an answer. For example, you ask yourself a question. Are you happy? Why are you happy? What are you happy about? What are your dreams? What are your ambitions? What do you think of war? What do you think of love? Many, many things. What, what, uh, and then wait for an answer and see what, see what pops up. See what you think. You know, you, you, you go down really to the, the, the basics of, of, of who, of who you are. Now, obviously this hits, you know, much, you know, I'll give you some other questions a person could ask. A person can get intense and ask, what's the purpose of life? What is my goal in life? What are various goals I have? Why did I choose the career that I'm in? How do I spend my spare time? What's my motivation for doing what I do? And so on and so forth. What secret dream that now? No one, you can you can be honest because no one's because no one no one will be will be, will be listening except for you. This could take a long time. It's not it's not like a one time sit down, but it's a it's like a track you want to have to kind of really understand. Uh, and the more you understand, the more you know about yourself, the more uh, productive you can be. Number three, and we kind of mentioned this already, but it just it, it, it bears uh, focusing on is that, yes, there's many, many things a person can learn about themselves, you know, their food interests and their hobby interests and their cultural interests. But the most important question in Jewish consciousness, obviously, is what are you living for? What, what, what's the purpose of life? How, how do you see it? And that has a major impact on everything that... Uh, person does it sounds like a very simple question and you may be almost embarrassed to ask it to yourself but you have you know yeah, it's basic come on but we know really know that it requires a lot of uh, difficult soul, soul soul searching and when you thoroughly know yourself that then uh you've actually changed no matter who you are and how wonderful you are the more you know yourself um you've changed your relationship with yourself and then how you interact with the world Okay, then you get into the whys. Number four, why are you doing what you're doing? If you're in school for something, you're doing a hobby, you are taking a class, you are having a job, everything you do, again, it's not a question of getting neurotic and neurosis and doing things cold turkey, just a, a thing, a, a muscle and a, a part of you that we want to have. We want to ask ourselves, why are we doing what we do? And sometimes the answer is a great answer. And sometimes the answer is kind of, well, just because that's the way I've been doing it. That's a, a very common answer. This is the way my parents did it. This is the way I've always done it. This is what my community always did. And to really do it properly, and this is a very vulnerable thing to do, but you honest all the reasons. For example, let's just someone gives charity. Why do I give charity? Well, because it's a good thing to do. Um, you know, now that may be that that, that would be a, a, a good reason. Another, but another reason could also be because you like the honor you get for it. 
that's not a good reason. So you can put every big or little pathetic or not pathetic reason in there, and it's helpful to know your motives. But after you write down the whole long list, let's say if someone, someone has a certain job, someone's in a relationship, you can have many reasons. Some are good, some are not good. But you want to pare it down after you've done all that to really what are the one or two main reasons? And Because you, you need to know that. And because then you'll be able to either stick with it and be consistent to it, or you can make some um, changes, which could be very, very helpful. And then w- once you know what you're after, you can get it. For example, if someone's in college and anyone who's thinking, the answer would be they're in college. Why? To, to, to learn, to gain wisdom, to get life experience. And depending what you know, uh, you're doing, you may not be aligned with that. Or you may make choices if you rec- if you're cognizant of that. That's number four. Why do we do what we're doing? Be able to ask ourselves those questions and don't be afraid of the answers. If they're pathetic, maybe that's what it has to be, or maybe it can change. And number five is that once we recognize this, it's not a don't don't drop your coffee, don't drop your whatever you're doing, but appreciate that this is really important stuff. It's, it's something which you want to do earlier than later. And, and, and it's fascinating. It's a fascinating thing. You know, if you ever gone to a mental health professional or gone to a workshop and you learn something about yourself, it's like, wow, I never realized that. Number six. Now, here's where it gets a little deeper. This is the why on the whys. Get down to the core. Let's say you do something because I want the prestige or the honor. Then you have the next question, Jewish 20 questions. Well, why do I want honor? Well, does that make me feel good about myself? Why do I need this to make me feel good about myself? And you keep going until you get down to the actual core of the real reason why you do it. Well, let's say someone is doing something, well, because it makes my parents proud. Well, why do you want to make your parents proud? Is that the only reason you're doing it? Do you want to be doing it? Maybe you can make your parents proud in a different way. Whatever it is. Um, Ask why on the whys till you get down to the core. Now, after you get down to the brutally honest answer, which may be what you thought before and very likely not exactly, but then you want to ask yourself, well, what do I really think should be the reason why I'm doing it? Right? If someone comes out, they're doing something because of social pressure or peer, or, or peer pressure or because of embarrassment or because of desperation or to make money. And it could be that's correct. And you, then you take a step back and you ask yourself, well, what, what would be, what do I really think is the reason to do this or not to do this? That's number seven. What's, what, what should be the reason? Do you, do, does your should match the actual current reason why you're doing it? And then, if it's not adding up, uh, the way if 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 let's say the way you're acting is not in sync with the way you, the reason why, or the why is what it is, so then you have to ask yourself, well, if why don't I do it for the reasons that I really want to be doing it, or why aren't I doing what I'm really trying to do? So you have to identify what's in the way have to identify the blocks 
you know, for most of us, a lot of the time, it's simple laziness. And so once you know what it is, and but often you don't know. Often we have no idea. Someone says, why do you do that? I don't know why I do that. Right? So you want to isolate your blocks. Anytime you find something difficult to achieve a certain goal, you keep banging your head against the wall. So you figure out what's holding you back. Nothing be wrong with that. Everyone has challenges. Everyone has problems. And just the more you're aware of those problems, it's key for you to get in touch with yourself to understand what is the issue. It may be a very simple thing or it may not be simple. And then you certainly need, need, need to address it. Because as long as you don't face the problems, they fester and they bug you and they um, end up coming out. So best, like as we're developing skills from past weeks, take that piece of paper, speak it out. And that's a, that's a very good uh, step towards isolating the obstacles, but you can then turn into a concrete challenge that, and that would require solutions. You can ask yourself, am I lazy? Why am I lazy? Am I disorganized? Why? Do I get angry? When do I get angry? Why do I get defensive? And what, what gets me defensive? What makes me jealous? What makes me arrogant? Do I have trouble making decisions? Why do I have trouble making decisions? What do I take initiative too often? Do I not take it enough? And the negative character traits are the roots of basically most problems a person has. And that's normal. But we but our job is to, to address them. So we make a list of our negative traits. We identify when they when do they affect you the most? And then you analyze the triggers. And this also, um, it, it works in a positive way. If you see that you have a good reaction, on, you're good at doing something, it's helpful to understand why you're good at it or why you feel good when you do something because then you could do more of that or stop doing something that's not doing it. And the more you understand that, you can actually be a, very much in control of, um, of your feelings and your thoughts. All right, so that, so that was... That was number eight about uh, identifying the blocks and making a plan. Number nine. At once we're talking, so we, we've talked about a person understanding why they feel the way they feel, what, what motivates them. But then you really, it's important to dig deep and to know what do you think about big issues? You know, most people don't think about God too much. I believe or I don't. What what do you really think about God? Like, think about it. Don't be scared of the answers. Don't be scared about. It. What do you really define as good? What do you really define as evil? What do you really think about free will? What do you what do you feel about it? This is not the time to say what's right and what's wrong, but these are big life issues, living issues, and what do you feel about it? That's number nine. Number 10, look in your life and you see, take note of just the things in life that are, that are challenging. Challenge daily, regular or irregular challenges. And you can ask yourself to try to solutionize. A lot of the time we have the answers. When you go to a mental health professional, a lot of times they do is they get you to do all this. They get you to talk, and they get you to think, and they get you to focus. And often they even ask you, what well, What do you think you should do? 
Now that's what my kids have the time. That's what I do. But people I talk to, you know, so, so this, is, this is the wisdom that we're saying. But go take the time and don't be scared uh, to do it. There's nothing wrong. It is, it is, there's nothing to hide. Um, and the, whatever you know, you can actually deal with it. Now, we've talked about like ideas and intellectual, but now we get to the, I would say, is the real meat and potatoes. Now you get in touch. Remember, the, the, the name of this way to wisdom, and you think about the whole time, how is this a way to wisdom? It's called understanding the heart. Now, heart, you've talked about ideas, but talks emotions. Get in touch, take your emotional temperature as often as you can. Do it all the time. Just nothing to be scared of. It's like, I'm depressed, I'm angry, I'm happy. You know, you're not supposed to make certain very big decisions when you're too happy. Don't make them when you're too sad. You got to take your temperature. How seriously do you take yourself? You know, this happened to me today. Something was very frustrating to me. And I was wondering, like, being a little frustrated with myself. Why is this frustrating me? Then I realized that I was very worn out, had a very, you know, busy, hardworking day emotionally. And that was why. So I, I was able to not take it so seriously. I was like, hey, this makes sense. I've had, thank God, had a long, busy, productive day. I'm going to be a little not able to handle so much right now. So, so take your emotional temperature as often as you can, because then you can understand where you're at. And then you could take precautions depending on your mood and you can, and, and both in a positive and a negative way. Let's say a person wake up one day on the right side of the bed. Hopefully that happens all the time. So you can say, Oh, you know, you know, roll the dice. Some days you wake up. Now that is true. And in Jewish thought, there is a lot of discussion about that, that there is a certain amount of, Sometimes you're just in certain moods. There is a truth to that. But there also is a lot of truth paying attention about what, how did you get to that point where you woke up on the right side of the bed? What were the things you did before you go to bed? What are the things you did that, that day? So that's number 11. Get in touch with your remote understanding your heart, understanding yourself. Number 12, in a much more global sense, there are, the number 11 was specifically you pay just pay attention to your emotional temperature but now in general what are your undercurrents or what are there are there are undercurrents that everyone has and then the ones that how do they impact you you have social pressures you have self-respect approval the need for escape the need for pleasure the need all kinds of the physical drives you know eating drinking sex um whatever it might be so we have to be aware of those undercurrents, the, the jet stream, the drives of life. And we understand, and we have to understand them. When we understand them, we can understand why we react to certain things, or we don't want to do certain things, or we can understand if we're not getting them, we're getting, we're getting more than we need of them. If we're trying to get them in, in, in not productive ways, or, we, or, or if we are getting them in productive ways, let's do more of that. Now, Again, there's certain ideas that, you know, everything interlocks. But number 13 is B, 
be aware of the, we discussed this last week, of the volcano. Every single thing we're talking about, which is she worked for, all has to do with the volcano. What's the volcano inside of us? The volcano is free will. If you said last week, is what you want to do versus what you feel, which is, like we said a number of times, is the balance of the soul, which is always trying to achieve more and more, and the body, which just wants to go back to the earth. And, and that's what that is. And that, that's constantly what's happening. And the more we understand that about ourselves, then when the adversity comes, we don't have to run away from it. We can have, we, and, and the answer, the very simple question we ask ourselves, hmm, is this pull that I'm having, is this the soul pulling me? Or is this the body pulling me? And often if you put the question in those terms, it's a pretty simple answer. Not every time, but I said the vast majority of the time, if you put it succinctly, hmm, I'd like to go partying till three o'clock in the morning in a certain place. So is this my soul or my body? Now, it doesn't mean you, oh, you never listen to your body. You can, you can be a combination of soul and body. Many things are a combination. When you ask yourself that question, uh, you can ask what's the main driver in a particular situation. So don't shortchange ourselves by saying, I don't really care, because you do care. It means right now you don't feel like caring, but you do care most of the time. Very rarely does a person not care because I don't care, right? It means you don't feel like caring or, or that or could be your soul talking that I don't feel I should care about that. I don't think that's something important. But very often when we say we don't care, it doesn't mean we really don't care. It means right now we don't feel like it. So we, we got to get in touch with those two sides. Some, someone can intellectually say, yeah, life is beautiful. Life is wonderful, but they don't feel it. Got to bridge that schism. And when you appreciate this dichotomy, you can identify at any moment where you're at. So the next time... And again, everything talking to myself as well. And I'm actually, I've been finding these ideas. I've been just find myself, it, you see things all the time. And these ways to wisdom are so helpful now that I'm having the chance to, to focus on them. The next time you're trying to make peace. Now, you got to make peace. There's a constant struggle between the soul and the body. So the easiest way, which is the default, is to squash your drive to be great. Well, look, in fact, my soul is telling me to be great. That takes work, so you just try to push it and squish it down. But it doesn't last very long because it's not what life's about, and it keeps coming back. So just because you feel uncomfortable about an idea, it doesn't mean it's wrong. It may be hard to break break habits, but uh, you have to do that. I'll give an example. Someone go, you, you go over to someone. And you say, I will teach you how to be happy. It just requires effort and change. Sir says, sure. I'm a little busy right now because I have to go catch a flight. Okay, sounds fair. Then you go to the person and say, you know what? I understand you have to catch a flight to catch, but I'll pay you $10,000 a week to work on happiness. He says, sure, I'll catch the next flight. 
where do I sign up? But they say, well, I thought you said you don't have time. Well, that's how rationalizations work. And that's how, you know, we can say we don't have time, depending how we, um, how, how valuable um, we appreciate something is. The only mistake that we make, one of the biggest mistakes that we make is when we choose to not struggle with things. Okay. Number 14. All these ideas that we're saying are helpful with everything in life. Chocolate, vanilla, ice cream, soup, or whatever it might be. But we need to obviously be flexed this most when, when we hear wisdom. We hear, when we, hear, we hear a piece of wisdom, of information, you know, bring it full circle. Bring it out. See, do you feel it? Do you not feel it? Do you, do you, do you identify with it? Allow it to permeate your whole life. Now, in Musar and self-development, there's really two general tracks. One track is to specifically identify a situation, track down any wrong motivations, and have a game plan. There's a more general track also you want to have. You track down general motivations, good and bad ones, and you refine them. Number 16, and this is really probably uh, the biggest point, and then we'll probably do a little uh, review. Two more points, actually. Number 16 is how does all this impact my decision-making? Ask yourself. Remember, we're interviewing yourself. We're getting to understand our hearts. How do we make decisions? Are we emotional about them? Are we intellectual about them? Are we a combination? Do we take time with them? What motivates our decisions? So the first thing to help you understand, help us understand how we make decisions is to actually know what we know. In other words, really be honest about what you know. And because very often we don't have confidence in our decision making because we didn't really make a decision. We didn't really have information. We didn't really exercise our decision-making skills. You know, just because you understand something may not mean that you're living it. So if you don't really feel a certain way, you're not fully knowing, you don't really know how you feel and what you know, and then you make a quote-unquote decision, it may not be happy with it because maybe the decision didn't take into account your real knowledge and, and your real feelings. So... You know, that's really, I would say um, that most of the time when we actually make decisions, we gather information, we think about it, understand ourselves, understand our feelings, our opinions, very, I would say probably the vast majority of the time we make good decisions. What happens is, is we, lo we lose that confidence in making decisions because we don't allow ourselves the time and, and uh, privilege of, of really making a proper decision. So align your feelings with the realities and uh, get, get clarity on something. I'll give you an example. Someone is deciding to whether they want to have a child. So 
So one may, on a very superficial level, say, um, well, I don't know if I could love my kids. And you have to just work that through when you say one second. Um, well, do most people love their kids? And you'll say, yeah, right? So then you'll say, well, I probably will too, right? So you work everything through and, and, and you don't really make real decisions, which means taking up um, understanding yourself, understanding all the facts, taking the time, and you actually will end up um, start in, enjoying making decisions. Person can gain confidence in decision making, and you may actually come to enjoy decision making. There are people who like making decisions. There's such a thing out there. And uh, often we avoid making real decisions because if we don't make real decisions, we don't have to because we're scared of making a mistake. So if, I, if someone says, oh, they're nervous to make a mistake and they don't really take the time and effort to think about it, then if it ends up failing, they know, oh, I didn't really think about it. But, so that's something people that we all are a little bit scared of. But um, the biggest failure to actually do is to not make decisions. When you, you just let life happen to you. Imagine you have a beggar who gets a letter in the mail that he's inherited a million dollars. If he doesn't read the letter, he never had the letter. So he got a letter sitting on his desk. So if he doesn't read the letter, is he rich or not? Well, he's rich, but it doesn't matter, right? So that's what we have to do with our uh, our our decisions. So let's take let's take another example. So someone's going to college. I think everyone here is done with college. So someone says, "Well, yes." Yeah, so, well, why well, why are you going to college? So it says, "Well, I'm trying to get a degree." What's the next question? Why are you getting a degree? Well, because I want to get into a good grad school. Well, why do you want to get into a good grad school? Well, if I get into a good grad school, I can get a good job. Well, why do you need a good job? Well, because then I can pay back my college loans, right? Now, obviously, not everyone's doing that, but we all do this with something. So through the process of questioning yourself, you reveal good or faulty logic in your decision-making. And sometimes you'll be happy with where you're at, sometimes you won't be happy, and often probably uh, somewhere in, in the middle. So we should deal with our lives, and that's, that's life. Life is making those decisions and sometimes making mistakes. Number 17, the last number, is when it comes to living and wisdom. That is the most important place. We don't want to rationalize. We want to confront them, and we don't want to kill. We don't want to kid ourselves. We want, we want to really uh, focus. So these are the seventeen points on on the first point of really coming to know ourselves. The last point with, with that the second section. I'm not really going to focus on this much. Just want want to pay, not not ignore it is how do you then take all this information that you have and get your body comfortable with it? Because a lot of these, if a person works these things through with time, it, it, especially if a person is used to doing something a certain way, even if they are totally used to it, but it, it can be uncomfortable for the body. So how to, you can't ignore that. We are physical beings. We have emotions. We have feelings. We have biological drive, all kinds of drives. So we have to not ignore that. We have to think about it and, and coax our body and, and, and prove it to ourselves. Well, 
well, am, am I going to be happier long term with this? Will I be healthier long, 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 long term with something? So before we say that, you can say, look, I, I get it. This is what I think about it. And, but it's not, it, it doesn't work. What do you mean it doesn't work? Maybe you haven't put the effort in. Don't, don't give up on your intuition and your perceptions. Maybe you just haven't brought it into actualization yet. You know, if you would think about all these things we talk about, you can understand maybe why it's not working. You can address that. Person may not do something because they need the, they may need the, the uh, feeling of, of security. Well, there could be other ways to get security, right? So bottom line, this is a way to wisdom because if you don't know yourself, in a certain sense, you're very much limiting your, uh, your, 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 uh, your, your life experience. So quick review. So why is knowing yourself a way to wisdom? Because you can know truth if you look honestly in, in, into yourself. We talked about how emotions are very powerful forces of greatness. You know them and you can harness them. We talked about identifying our problems at the beginning of solving them. If you don't get it straight now, it's going to come back later. We talked about using our free will and recognizing our free will as a conscious tool for better living, happier living. If you're angry or upset, track it down. Take the temperature. Understand it. What's the root? If you find yourself acting illogical, at least acknowledge that. Do that. Yeah, I'm really not making sense today. Notice that's just a very helpful uh, being, being in touch with your reality. And the key to sanity, the key to happiness is letting truth in. Truth is a very happy place. You can't, and we can't afford to wait. You know, don't go neurotic, don't go nuts. And it's a fascinating thing that you can get that introduction to yourself because you're the most fascinating person that you'll ever meet because you can really, 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 really understand yourself. And that's a really amazing thing to understand. So let's take, as a take home, there's a lot of ideas here just to kind of uh, give us a little focus. Just, you know, take, take 10 big questions. That Think about, let's say you hadn't seen a friend or a family member in a long time, and you want to get to know them. Let's say you haven't seen each other in 50 years, imagine before internet or phones, and you want to learn, want to know about them. So maybe you think of, you knew you only had, say, two hours to be with them. So you think of 10 questions that you would ask that person that you really want to get to know them. It's your relative, your good friend. And then ask them to yourself and give yourself some time. It could take a number of times to do it. Give yourself that time. And then we'll be well on our way to understanding our heart. And that will be well on our way with our fourth way of wisdom. Have a great week. Thanks for coming on.